This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Southey. We are back. We're back. Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, and Veen. We got a four-person show tonight. Welcome, everybody. How y'all feeling? Feeling okay. Good. 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 Nice to be back. Yeah, we missed you. And uh, we're glad to hear that Bilbo is feeling better and watching the games. Bilbo is indeed doing well, and he was giving harsh notes today. Oh, <laughs> Bilbo's takes. Ears down. Be, uh, we got to work that in somehow. It's going to say, yeah, ears down, just like in the picture of watching TV. So cute, though. Love it. Send me cat videos and pics all day long. I won't mind. Uh, I think this might be a Cats Over Talks podcast. I'm sorry if that angers anybody. Fighting words, I know, but but one hundred percent true. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Oh, that's that's four for four. I think I think we've uh, we've decided it. Anyway, we are not here to talk about cats tonight. We're talking about <laughs> the Leafs' fourth win in a row, second since they've been back. Uh, big one too. I mean, McDavidless Oilers, but still, it's the Oilers. I don't care if they're uh, trending downwards. We'll take it. It's a win. Yeah. It was a win. That's what matters, right? At the end of the day, we got the two points. It may have not been pretty, but we'll take it. Yeah, it wasn't a pretty game, but it was fun. I don't know. It's fun to watch. It's entertaining. Uh, So the first thing I want to touch on here before we get into the game. So McDavid's out, Barry's out, and Nugent Hopkins are all out. They combine for 44 or 45 power play points. Uh, The Oilers have also lost 10 of their last 12. What were you guys expecting of this game coming into tonight, especially after the Leafs are coming out of a 6-0 win against Ottawa? Let's start with... Personally, I was kind of... uh, (laughs) 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 To be honest, I hate to say it, but I was almost expecting it to be a trap game. Yeah. You know, you you come into something like this after a big 6-0 win, everything's rolling, everyone's playing great, and you know, you kind of expect to beat a team when they're missing someone like McDavid. They're missing someone like Barry. You know, they're missing those regular players that it can just completely disrupt the entire flow of the team, the way they're playing, right? So it it, it almost looked like that in the first. Thankfully, you know, the boys were able to get a couple bounces go their way and Soupy held them in. Yeah. It, uh... It, it def, definitely a different Leafs team than we've had the past couple of years, that's for sure. Yeah, have to agree. Steph, what did you think? I agree with that. And I'm I'm kind of turning away from this narrative of, oh, the Leafs are going to do a Leafs thing and things are going to screw up. Like, I'm sick and tired of that. It is so negative to me at this point. And I know it's warranted from our previous years. And we still have PTSD from you know, what happened in the past. But coming into tonight, I was relieved that McDavid was, wasn't was playing just for the game's sake, not for his health. And I don't know. I, I thought Tippett would be rolling anything and everything out at the Leafs and keeping on the ice whatever worked. So Mike Smith and Net, for example, we, we saw the whole thing with Koskinen on social media about the coach. Uh, Mike Smith is an Ontario boy, too. So, you know, Hyman coming back, everyone's going to be playing their best game. So I knew it was going to be a like a ping pong show, you know, mm-hmm. back and forth. 
Uh, Sadi, what about you? Yeah, I was kind of expecting the game that we saw. I expected Oilers, like missing the players that they are, to be kind of hot and cold all night. And that's kind of what they were. They were led by Dreisaitl. Uh, Nurse drove a couple plays for them, too. Um, in order for them to win, they really needed Mike Smith to completely stand on its head, which he did sometimes. But a couple of the goals he let in, he could have had. And, yeah, that's kind of the game I was expecting to see by them. That was This was a game that the Leafs needed to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to agree pretty much all around. Uh, I thought this was going to be a pretty, I mean, except with Bean, obviously, because I didn't think they were going to lose this one. I thought uh, <laughs> I was a little optimistic coming in, especially after that win and how uh, everybody's been playing lately, first through fourth line. So um, I was expecting a big one, but I wasn't expecting it to be this close and right down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think everybody's still getting back into the groove after a kind of obstructed uh, holiday break and then having games postponed postponed in between so they're kind of playing a little sporadically right now so what is this their second game sloppiness. in 22 days i think yeah the pond hockey's to be expected yeah. yeah and we know like the oilers are a fragile team right now especially they lost they lost their last four out of five on the road and they showed that frustration against new york last time so we i didn't know what to expect but at the same time after looking at the lineup tonight I had high hopes. I was like, okay, if this is the game to win, it's got to be tonight, right? Because the stats yeah. say it all. Leafs are doing wonderfully. I mean, since uh, my birthday on October 27th, uh, the Leafs record, their their worst record overall, they play second for goals per game for 3.79. Like everything else is first across the board. So Leafs are on fire and just hoping to push that into 2022. Mm-hmm hell yeah um one more thing before we touch on the first period uh first game of hyman back because he was unfortunately injured last time the leafs played the oilers uh how at you know we're we're 32 games into the season now did we miss him how do you guys feel versus how you felt say when he signed his contract in edmonton oh i don't think we really miss him at all to be quite honest with you we've replaced him with camp Kasha, uh, Richie, maybe, although Richie's not playing the best right now, but it's more of a by-committee person, which is translating to a better all-around four-line game for the Leafs, which is really helping them, I find, in lots of games. And if you look at Hyman's season this so far, like it's not the best, and he's over 30, eight years, bad knee. It hurts to lose him because mm-hmm. like, we love the guy, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's one of those, like, personally miss him, and he was a fun person to have on the team, and, you know, a great guy in the community, and all that. But I have to agree with the shape his body's been in with all the injuries, unfortunately. Um, and like you said, the the replacements they've had, uh, and I'll throw Bunting in there, too. Mm-hmm. Just the spread, first the fourth line that they've replaced them with, I think, rounds the team out a little better than they had before. Where it seemed like there were rotating tryouts from uh, the Marlies and they couldn't really decide on who was going to be there. And, you know, Mikheyev <laughs> wasn't all the way there yet. And Engvall wasn't all the way there. Yeah. So I think now that they've kind of come in and uh, yeah, it's just rounded out the whole, the whole team. So I got to agree there. Yeah. But the sad part is of course, there's no fans in the building and we would love to see that standing ovation for a boy Hyman, right? Cause he's a hometown yeah. guy and like he deserves nothing but the best. Yeah. And of course we all love him for the guy he is, like you said, Johnny, but unfortunately 
the stats show otherwise. And he was doing really well on your fantasy team, actually, to start off the year. And then he kind of dropped off. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, the last uh, month or so, it's been not there. They came out explosive, the three of them together. But he's kind of dried up since. Anybody want him? I'll trade him. <laughs> and Manjapani. <laughs> Manjapani has also cooled right off. It's uh, it's sad. Okay, so first period. Um, Puyarvi almost scores right within the yep. first couple minutes on a pretty good breakaway chance. Um, but he kind of was broken up before he could get to the puck and goes crashing into the net, which is always scary. You never like to see that, especially when it's somebody like, you know, Campbell or Morazic that are prone to getting hurt with freak accidents like that. So luckily we came out of that one clean. Yeah. Um, who is, who's Perlini? <laughs> Brandon Perlini. <laughs> I've literally never heard of this guy before tonight. This guy's huge. And, he looked uh, great out there. Yeah, he was he all over the place. Him and Yamamoto were were playing really well, and they're two. I mean, Yamamoto, obviously, I know who he is, but um, really stepped up both of them in the absence yeah. of so many people on that team. So Willie gets this goal that kind of came off the backboards and off of Mike Smith's foot, but then we found out later they recredited the goal to Tavares. I don't know if I agree with this. Did it hit him? Think? Did it, like, I don't it, think it did. I didn't see. I might have to watch it. Yeah, it happened way later. It was like between the second and third period, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, they recredited the goal to Tavares, and honestly, like on the replay, it hits the backboard. Unless it hit JT before it went all the way to the back. That must be it, because like it Smith, really Smith's doesn't look toy. like it hit him after the boards, right? No, it looks like it came straight back, and then but that's just a really unfortunate goal for Smith to let in to start the game. Uh, I know they've been struggling with goaltending lately, and uh, it's a rough way to start the game. Yeah. Because they, like they said, it, it was like rough. 26 out of 32 games they've given up the first goal, the Oilers. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it's only the third game in over two months for Mike, or within the last two months for like Mike Smith. I mean, he went from October 19th to all the way to December 29th between his next games. Uh, uh, Koskinen's been holding down the fort for the team, and rightfully so. Yeah. But yeah, it's unfortunate bounce for him. It's I don't know. There's no other nice words for it. Goal, because in the first two minutes, Nylander had the exact same shot, too. He was alone in the middle of the circle, right in the middle, like at the top of it, and missed the net. But he missed the net on the second one, too, where it just happened to have a much luckier bounce. No kidding. Mm-hmm. But he, he was playing really well in the four check. Yeah. And, uh, man, he should wish he'd gotten that goal. Nylander's been on fire. No kidding. Yeah. He's, leading He's the now leading points. the team yeah. in points. Wild. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I... I I bet you any money that uh, they'll end up giving that goal back to Nylander tomorrow. Is that what you see? Yeah, yeah I got to watch the replay to see to see how this. I, I just watched. I'm just watching it again here, and yeah, hundred percent. Wow. Tavares doesn't touch it. Huh. Good. Good for him. Well, but by the way, you mentioned Perlini. Yeah. So Brandon Perlini, he was you know fairly fairly decent prospect coming out of the OHL. Went to Arizona and like all things that go to the desert, they die. (laughs) But, and I heard about them talking about it on the broadcast too. Did you know about his dad? Yes, in the British League. Didn't they say his dad played like eight games for the Leafs? No, no, in the British League. Yeah, so, yeah, he he did end up playing for the Leafs back when Boudreaux was on the team and everything back in the 70s. And then, and then he went and played for years over in England. 
No way. He had two years with 103 goals. <laughs> yeah, he was like the Gretzky of that league. Yep. Yes. In 1992-93, he had 135 goals. <laughs> yeah, That's insane. This, this guy was using cheat codes yeah. in a professional <laughs> hockey game league. shark in the <laughs> British league. Right? Man, what was this British team paying him that he was like, yeah, I'll come play in this garbage league. Free rent. <laughs> yeah, man. Pretty much. Free room and board. That's about it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> some of the stats that this guy had were just absolutely incredible. I love that they threw Goal that out totals over in England. Such a good stat. 89, 103, 103, 81. Um, and then split between two teams. He had 83 and 9, so 92. <laughs> 93, 135, 71, 78, 90. And then his last season, he had 32 goals. Wow. Man. <laughs> the guy was like a god in whatever barn he played in. It's probably named after him right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Perlini gets his second of the season uh, to tie the game up. Sandine got caught up at center ice, and uh, Richie was trying to chase him back. Dermot chased him to the corner. And yeah. Bad look on Richie on that play. I mean, bad look on Richie, but he was covering for Sandine, who was way, way back at center ice. So I think, I mean, a lot of people were blaming Richie, but he was playing the defense. Yeah, and maybe you can't yeah. blame him because he probably doesn't have that like speed step either to really catch him. So, yeah, of that fourth line, I'm not picking Richie to be the one to jump back to catch somebody no. that uh, got away from the defenders. <laughs> You're right, though. Sandine did get caught, and that yeah. that's what led to the goal, unfortunately. But Richie was a little bit too slow at the same time. And, of course, right course. after I tweeted of how lost Richie looks on the ice, literally like 20 seconds later, this happens. And I'm like, see, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And then um, not too long after, we had Yamamoto, who was coming in. Um, Riley tried to kind of split them up. He thought the pass yeah. was coming in, dove maybe a little too early. And, uh, yeah, Leon, guy's on fire this year, as bad as the team is. He had a wide-open cage but, for that I mean, one, too. Yeah. yeah that was. I mean, he had a wide-open cage last time Leafs played them, and he completely missed the net. So That's right. And... Um... <laughs> And we all talked about how he's never going to sleep again after that. But no, the Leafs, that was totally on the defense court. Everyone in front of Jack Campbell. Rule number one when facing the Oilers and McDavid's not on the ice, don't leave Dreisaitl wide open either. <laughs> and that's exactly yeah. what happened. So it's not on Jack whatsoever. And yeah, this is when I was thinking to myself, Leafs, come on, guys. Uh, I know you guys have a lot of open ice right now, and the Oilers kind of look like they're staring, waiting for Dreisaitl to become available and make the play, but then they kind of sat on their heels, and I was like, yeah. no, got to put the pressure on. You got to – this isn't going to be an easy game by no means. So, yeah. Um, can I just – so the, the only goals the Oilers scored in this game were both in the first period, right? Mm-hmm. And as we just talked about, the first one uh, was Sandine and Dermot on the ice. And the second one was Riley and Brody. There is a line that was not <laughs> minus tonight that was getting a lot of hate on Twitter. And I have to point out, they were the only ones that were not on for a goal against tonight. They might not have been on for a goal for, but they also didn't cost either of these goals. And... Uh, 
I'm sorry. I know I hate on them all the time, but Muzzin and Hall, I'm standing up for them tonight. Yeah, they had As a good you game. should. Um, and you can tell they had a good game because you hardly noticed them whatsoever out there, right? They made the smart, easy, fast play, and that was that. They didn't stand out for good reasons, and they didn't really stand out for bad reasons, but they got the job done. Yeah. yeah. And um, honestly, the defense were all playing pretty well to uh, end the first off. Brody had a nice shot for the point uh, off Nurse. <laughs> and then maybe off Marner. <laughs> we don't really know how this all went down. Oh, no Six way. points in his last <laughs> for- three. Yeah, and tripling his entire goal total from last year in three games. Yeah, that was a smart play, a, though. Like, did you hear Matthews? He deliberately missed the net and shot it just a little wide left to where there was a big traffic, and he actually got the lucky bounce out of it. Yeah, and I think that one just went off of Nurse's knee and in. That was the conversation I was having with most people on Twitter, mm-hmm. but I don't know. They gave it to Marner, and then they gave it back to Brody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did you hear Marner mic'd up? No. Man, that was good. Yes. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's mine. I don't think it's mine. And then Matthews just pipes up, Brody! <laughs> <laughs> Interesting to know as well that Brody scored his first goal this year against the Oilers last game. And um, oh, on the topic oh. of Muzzin and Hall, Keith rewarded them with ice time. I mean, they led the team tonight with ice time uh, in general and shorthanded too. So that that's big. <laughs> Yeah, especially those shorthanded minutes. Yeah. Um, so just ended off Kerfoot uh, in the little intermission there between the first and second when they were coming back to the ice. They asked him what he thought of the play. Uh, he said they were sloppy in the first period, uh, made mistakes, cost him the goals. Um, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. But I also think that they still outplayed the Oilers in the I first thought, period. I thought like, the first 10 minutes was heavily favored in Toronto, and then the last 10 minutes were heavily favored for Edmonton. Yes. Yeah, I think they took advantage of a, of a lot of the mistakes that we started making yeah. in the second half there. But, like, I mean, that was mostly just Yamamoto and uh, Perlini and Dreisaitl. Besides the three of them, I didn't really notice anyone else offensively. Like, Hyman was kind of invisible tonight. Like, yeah, he was. Unless it was that line out there, I didn't really see much. I noticed Hy- Hyman had a couple chances, but nothing major. No. Yeah. Sorry, Steph. No, no, no. I was, I was going to agree with you, Bean, uh, especially shorthanded. That's where I noticed him uh, when they're on the penalty kill. He had a few breakout chances uh, yeah. rushing towards the net, which he's obviously known for. But yeah, Hyman was uh, great on the dot tonight, too. He's at 100%. The one that was not great tonight, unfortunately, was Dreisaitl for the Oilers. And you could tell the frustration on the, at the end of the game, too. He's just shaking his head. Uh, yeah. I think all, all over the place thinking about things. But yeah, the second period was kind of... I was surprised. No goals, you know. I was I was a little surprised yeah. that there wasn't as many penalties as well. There, there wasn't much to work with this game. Yeah, it's funny how many penalties don't get called when Connor McDavid's not playing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to participate like, in calm this. Calm down, torts. Um, so, <laughs> so Perlini gets another one um, beginning of the second period. Again, I like what I see with this kid. It's somebody that kind of got lost, I think, in the, the pool of all the talent and young people that uh, Edmonton's tried to cultivate over the years, successfully or unsuccessfully. So, uh, you know, it's nice to see. A new name out there. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, yeah. yeah. He was actually... uh, one thing, again, I want to defend my boys on, though, is Muslin and Hall both had some nice shots from the point in this period um, on the same shift. They were both yeah. wound up for him. 
uh, grabbing each other's rebounds. And then uh, the best one in that same play was Matthews took, I think it was on one of the power plays. Matthews took a shot and just caught it. It like hit one of the Oilers in front of him and he just caught it out of the air, put it right back down. It goes right <laughs> back to the play while the guy's like, I'm in pain. Like, give me a sec. Yes, I noticed that too. But he, he was having a, a rough game. The the defenseman um Le- Legison, yeah, I believe that's what was, was his name. The young kid. But sorry, Steph, he was, we keep he was getting picked you. on quite a bit. What I was just gonna say about Perlini is that the one good thing that uh, Holland did this offseason was acquire him for league minimum. Um, he started in 2016 with Arizona for three years, then moved to Chicago and Detroit, Detroit for the next three. But the most points he's had is in his second season with 30 points. And then it just went downhill from there with topping 15 points total. I mean, he had four points two years ago, two points total last year or sorry this year and you know things weren't looking good so i guess the oilers was this huge rebound chance for perlini to get back into the nhl and make a name for himself and why not next to mcdavid dry sidle ryan nugent hopkins etc etc so yeah have to agree i think that we're going to see a lot more of this guy in the uh next couple of years with the oilers or elsewhere if they end up moving him for something Mm -hmm. because this team doesn't work in its current state um <laughs> yeah yeah Sorry, you were saying? um it depends though too because this contract is a two-way contract so he's only played 16 <coughs> games me. this year bless, bless you excuse me for the oilers so he's been called up and down between the nhl and ahl but we'll see fair so uh david Kampf gets the first penalty of the game oilers have the highest power play percentage in their team's history and that says a lot for a team with a history like the edmonton oilers um and also insane how this team is doing so bad but somehow has the highest power play percentage they've ever had yeah uh they mentioned a stat about dry how i think he has 13 power play goals already this season and they yeah. said that he has a record for like most consecutive seasons with more than 13 mm-hmm. power play goals. It's like, Four, I think it's, Jan- it's January, dude. He's going to get like 30. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, PP numbers are crazy. Insane. It was like just over 30, but I think a lot of that is accumulated from the first two months of the season. Is it not? Absolutely. Yes. That's exactly it. And uh, tonight, like you said earlier, Johnny, they're missing three out of five regular players on their PP one. So, you, yeah. We obviously saw that tonight, and even though Barry is not having the year like he had last year with 48 points, I believe it was, this year he's in a big slump, but you know he's comfortable on that first power play mm-hmm. unit, and the team finally trusts him to the point where they extended him for another three years. So, yeah, it showed tonight on their power play. Hey, I'll take it. Leafs kill their ninth in a row, so uh, penalty kill is doing awesome there. Not that it's not usually, but that's a good streak for them. I got to say, they've been doing well uh, on the special teams this year, especially after getting roasted for their special teams last year in the playoffs. I was at 10 and Yeah, pretty sure. Cool. Oh. Well, 10, 10 then. Nice. Um, so then real quick, JT had basically a wide open net. Smith was down and he just couldn't get a stick on it. So uh, that kind of ended that play. The best part, I think, of this period was that uh, delayed penalty that the Leafs got. 
that was oh, that was the most sustained pressure that yeah. they had all game. The best puck control they've had, like really just scared the Oilers. That was that was the most like Tampa Stanley Cup playoff looking team that I've seen them perform like. I don't know what y'all thought. <laughs> <laughs> we just nothing else. Yeah, they look yeah really, okay. No, they're really great on that. Really, really good. Um, and uh, that took them to a power play where they made a huge deal out of how Mitch Marner hasn't scored in 98 power plays. Um, why not make it 99? So uh, Right off the iron. <laughs> this is so stupid. Like I tweeted, guys, Festivus yeah. is over. Let's put the polls away, please. <laughs> the amount of times we hit the post in this game yes. is insane. It's nice to see Marner back so, on the power play, though. Just like slowing it down, going up and down the boards, eyeing things out. I kind of miss seeing him on there. Yeah, and with mm-hmm. Kasha out, I mean, he's got to be taking a bit more uh, more of the responsibility there now that he's back. Yeah. Um, but, man, that was so close. The goal horn even went off. Ugh. That's got to uh, hurt. What Play a almost tease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone's looking at Such each other so confused. Like, what do we do? What do we do? And then <laughs> McCall is just like, play. We keep so... playing? Game on? <laughs> yeah. The best part I about the auto file from McCall. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> the uh, the best part about sloppy pond hockey games is it's just like one highlight reel after another. So uh, still in the same period after all of these things happen, Campbell with this insane backwards diving oh, save yeah. just throws his body back like I don't know. There's probably a puck behind me and he's going to shoot, so I'm just going to dive. And then every single blue sweater crashes the net to just stand there and make a human wall. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. Literally like a human hey. wall and Campbell's facing inside the net. <laughs> totally no control. Yeah. It's not even like he has a, sh- a shoulder behind him. He's just like, okay, guys, it's all you. I think Camp gloved it down at one point and was just like, no. And I don't know. It was like a handball play there, but yeah. Everyone wanted them to, uh, you know, commit, use the body and, you know, show that they care about this. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Come on. Look at that. Here you go. Like that guys. clip that was going around with where Detroit blocked like six shots in a row on that one play. And everyone's like, oh, how come the Leafs can't play like this? Yeah. Well, they can. Okay. They can. They just don't do it as well. You don't want to get yourself in a position where you have to play like there that. There you go. Exactly. Hey, there you go. Yeah. So. TJ Brody with three blocks tonight. So. Atta boy. Uh, so that takes us to the third period where the Oilers were like, we're going to come back. Watch. Hold my beer. And uh, <laughs> they didn't, but they they tried. It was a valiant effort. I yeah. mean, um, I've got here Yamamoto. I really like what I was seeing from him all night. Again, just, you know, with Nugent Hopkins out, I think he really had to step up. So PRV had a couple chances did. in the third, too. A couple nice slap shots. Oh, yeah. Probably RV, too. Was the Bison good. Man. Yeah. Bison King. Shot. He does. Sorry, Bison King. The Bison yes. King, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like a couple notes on the Leafs' depth, I guess, that tried to add to this uh, the scoring of this period. Um, I mean, Mikheyev did. We'll get to that. But Richie had a couple that were right at Smith's body. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Engvall doing the same. What, what, these two specifically, what, what do we see the future of them as like what, where do we put them what are this what is their use what are they bringing to this team do we see them as trade bait like what's you talking cobra kai and milk carton yeah. or? no not 
No, I'm talking Engvall and, and Richie. <laughs> oh. The giraffe. Like, it's another game of the same, you know? Yeah, it depends who the, the you same. really want to go with, right? Are you Is McKay your guy? Because if so, then Engvall's completely expendable. What's he going to net you? What if one of those guys get hurt? Well, Do you want to hold them on the roster? Do you want to rotate them? It's a lot of questions go into that. Yeah, and I think with Mikheyev playing as well as he has been, like that, okay, so the Leafs go back on the power play, Bouchard goes off for tripping JT, and Mikheyev with an absolute Cobra snipe. Yeah, cradled um, the puck and like, just ripped it top cheese. Yeah, so two power play goals in a row for him. He's he's on fire lately. It's mm-hmm. three goals, two games. So I think he is very quickly making a case for himself to steal that spot in the lineup. And uh, yeah, like you said, with COVID and everything, it's hard to to get rid of anybody and not keep them somewhere in the organization to replace yeah. anybody that can get you know knocked off at a minute's notice. But I don't know. It's it's tough. Like when you still go into these games where you have them, like you know. Where do you put them? Like everyone was talking about, you know, Richie with Simmons and Spezza doesn't really no, work. That's but that's kind of your answer yeah. right there because Richie is the guy who doesn't work on anything except for a top one or two line, right? And which he's not producing at. But the other guys, you can bounce them in anywhere in this lineup and they're going to produce at like a good level. At least they're going to help the effort out a lot better than Richie can if he's not scoring goals, which of course he's not scoring goals. Yeah, yeah and, and, and Richie also and, makes the most money out of the three of them. Yeah. Maybe has the most historically Keith. Hmm. Historically, Keith has actually used Mikheyev or not Mikheyev. Um, Angval is almost a safety blanket too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If because he might not do anything flashy, he's almost like a like a Riley Nash, but with a little more scoring. When he's out there, nothing really happens for anybody. That's right? actually like, a really and good that's point. kind of what you want on a third or fourth <laughs> line sometimes, right? Yeah, 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 um, and I think no. Go ahead, Steph. I just I'm surprised at this point and not surprised by Richie's play. I mean, I know I've been a Richie hater all season long because I've just been waiting to see this performance that he once had with the Boston Bruins playing on that top power play unit with mm-hmm. Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron. And then he came, comes to Toronto. It's his hometown. Like, I want to see the effort. I want to see the heart out there on the ice. And especially in a game like tonight, where you know the competition yeah. is back in the lineup. Mikheyev is healthy. We have new guys that he's not, you know, like Camp, uh, Kashe, etc. These expendable guys that are new to the lineup. But I don't know. He's not proving it to me still. And it's too late for me at this point. Like, I know he had a nice shot tonight. And the the first period was like, oh, God. But I don't want to be saying that time and time again. And we were supposed to be getting better. And honestly, I would keep Mikhaev all day long, especially if he's going to get rid of these stone hands. Like, I mean, we've we've spoken about (laughs) the shot so much. And finally, it's going in, guys. It's going in. I had that in my notes, right? His rock hands are softening up. Yes. And... The curse of Medusa has no has ended. But Seth's right though. I find like Richie probably has the most upside of all these players. But if he's not showing it, then his downside is so much worse than every other player. So at this point, like and, Seth and said, having like, the he's, he's not working out, right? And exactly having that upside makes him still tradable because yeah. other teams can say, Yeah, well it's not working there, but it could work here. Mm-hmm. Case in point, That's Tyson true. Berry and Cody CC. Yeah. But at the same if time, the fact ball... that CC still in the league is baffling. Right? I don't like everybody seems to get like a couple months out of CC and then 
it disappears and then he goes to the next team and pulls the same he he's like either a magician uh, or con artist where he's really good at talking his way into nhl jobs <laughs> the leafs would dump the puck yeah. in and or, be like cc's going in the corner and be like oh god i'm getting ptsd here another yeah, guy i'll never that... remember when when cc got traded to toronto i was on set with david in our fantasy league who was a known sense fan and he went he was like so happy he's like dude enjoy i'm like oh I- i'm sad now i don't know if i like this not good <laughs> He is re- they took Zaitsev though, so it was a wash. Yeah, true. Right. And they yeah. they love him. Sorry, they Steph. They do. Um, when you say like a story like this, it just reminds me of a guy like James Neal. Same story over oh and over again. Professional tryout. He does so well in the preseason and scores a bunch of goals and hat tricks and stuff. And then when the actual season comes, it's like where did he go? And then he gets scratched, and now he's waived again for St. Louis. So, yeah, really. Oof. And he cleared waivers, so sucks. he's going to be playing in the minors. But at least Neil had a couple Except seasons fact- where he potted quite a few goals, like consecutively, right? Yeah, with yeah, Nashville, really was good. Real deal, James yeah. Neal. He every team he went to had success. <laughs> went from the Stars to the Penguins, and then they made it to the. They were building up. Didn't make it to the final while he was there. Traded to Nashville. Mm-hmm. They built up. Trade. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Was on the first year of the Vegas Golden Knights. Made it to the Cup final. The next year he goes to Calgary. They win the West. Next year he goes to Edmonton. And they're dominant. That's a pretty good case. Pretty I'm good. sorry. Well, he was good back in the day, but uh, Richie he had like one or yeah. two seasons like that. But if he can get back to that point, then yeah, he's a value player for sure. That's Richie crazy Huch. that with that track record, Neil's now playing in the minors. He's pretty up there yeah. in age, though, isn't he? he yeah, he's he is. 34. Oh, that's not as old as I thought. It's not that up there. Uh, so real quick before we go to break here. Oh, go ahead, Steph. Sorry. I keep interrupting. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's hard like, people. We don't do this a lot. It's usually a one-year deal with the guy, and then he has to work his way back into a new team, and then he shines for a month or two, and then it just yeah. drops again. And unfortunately, Richie, like we had high hopes for the guy, but you know, our giraffe has been strong, and <laughs> I just want to see consistency from him. You know, because we know what he can do. We talk mm-hmm. about his height, his reach, his neck, everything possible, but. Like he's obviously gained the trust of our coaches and within the Marlies as well. And this is a guy who has worked his way literally from the bottom. So yeah. I would say keep draft and borscht soup over. I, I completely agree. Yeah, I don't know. 100%. <laughs> but anyway, that's my 100% point. agree. <laughs> yes. Soup soup <laughs> nice soup. one little note um, i had tonight too on the third um we were talking about hyman earlier and like how can we replace them do you find kerfoot out hyman hyman tonight like that yes. guy was hustling so much tonight like he was doing everything that hyman used to do but that he didn't do tonight kind of thing hell yeah he was interesting beating out icings he yeah. was i mean at the end there where Hall actually had a very, very good stick on Nurse, right? And did you hear the the little, I don't know, tussle between Kerfoot and yeah. it wasn't a tussle, but they little were going back and forth a little. 
Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was so happy for Kerfoot to get that empty yeah. netter. He deserved it so badly because And that's he, such a Hyman type of play. Like that's another reason yes. why I wrote that note down too. Like Yes. You know, he's exactly. so good this season. I totally forgot about the empty netter. Yeah. Kerfoot is uh he he's kind of a sneaky little dirty player. Yeah. Utility. He he's you know, he went to Harvard, he's a smart guy. Um, Captain of the Harvard he, team. He, <laughs> yeah, he knows the game. He he play he reads it so well. Beans is completely right. Does all like all, all the little things right, right? He's almost like a faster Komarov. Like he he gets underneath people's skin without really doing anything dirty. Like he's not a rat like Marchand, right? No. Mm-hmm. But like he sees how the game's going, and if he's behind you, he might slip his stick on the back of your back type of thing, a little whack on the ankle, and he's great for that too. Yeah. Well, and Absolutely. he's honest too. Like I said about that interview after the first period, he's like, we played sloppy and it cost us goals. Yeah. He's not going to sugarcoat it and say, you know, the classic sticks on the ice and, you know, just got to get those chances. And especially and in the third, ball. if you look at him, like he was busting his ass all over the place. He He's a workhorse. That's the type of player we need right now for the Leafs. So yeah, he owed Hyman Hyman. Definitely. Especially winning those face-offs. He was 100% tonight. He's a strong guy, super fast. I mean, I'm so glad he hasn't moved because he's been the talk of so many trade rumors, right? Yes. And he'd be the first one to go. But I, w- I do not wish that to happen. I hope Kerfoot stays for a very long time because, like you said, Bean, he can play anywhere. So mm-hmm. it's great. So um, we were going to do a recap of our takes from last year, but uh, we are instead going to do more of the discussion on this because uh, we have a lot more to talk about with this game and the Leafs' current situation and moving forward. So uh, because the other game this week is postponed, we'll do our takes as its own thing because that will probably be an hour in itself. (laughs) So with that being said, we will go to break. Then when we come back, we got a question from Twitter. And we also have uh, kind of a uh, Hockey Night in Canada, but not Hockey Night in Canada roundtable discussion that we'll do. Uh, we'll come up with a name for it on the break. And then we'll come back. You're listening to Uh, we're back, we're back. We are back. Thank you for sticking around. So, um, for this second half here, we're going to do a little new segment that um, we I came up with. I won't drag them into my silly plan. Um, so, this is called the uh, Late Night Blunt yes. Rotation. So, the idea here is there's four of us. um, There's four in a circle here. And uh, the way that you see it on YouTube when you are watching this, or if you're just listening, it's uh, in a little square of myself, then Steph, then Andrew, and then Bean. So, we're going to go in a little circle here and pass questions around. And the idea is that uh, you're not going to hog this question too long. You're going to make sure that everybody gets kind of uh, an equal hit of this question. And uh, that's going to be the segment. Let's do it. What do we think? Let's do it. Cool. Yep, let's go. So uh, I wish I had a little lighter sound effect here. So first one up, um, 32 games into the season, 
Are the leaves missing anything? Ooh, Steph, this is a start. heavy question because, you know, I'm so nitpicky when it comes to the leaves and I can say everything and anything. But right now, I think the leaves need to click on all units on the power play, especially with Marner back. Um, right now, it's not. I don't know. Something's missing. That's why last game I tweeted, bring Cache back on PP1. Like, I would love to see Marner click on this power play fast and easy, just like Cache did previously. Um, you know, the blue line shots, I'm all for that. And it's it's getting better. It's there. We saw a ton of that tonight. But I want to see consistency from that, as well as Ingval and Simmons and Spezza and, you know, just the bottom six in general. And just that point tied together instead of only the top line scoring one game and then only the bottom six scoring, it would be nice to have a game where everyone scores, you know, like, I don't know, but anyways, I can rant about that all night long. Let's pass it over. <laughs> oh no, I, I agree. No, uh, Steph kind of walked on my answer there. I think the the thing they're missing right now is the big point shot, or at least a threat from the point on whether it's the PP or their five on five. Uh, it just seems like most teams aren't respecting their point as much as they could be right now, and that makes the job harder for the four checkers and the guys who are on the half wall. So yeah, that's my answer right now. If if I had to think of anything really, like as Steph said, you could go anywhere with this. The first thing that popped in my head was a backup, but you can't even really say that. Mrazek hasn't had a chance because we can't ride Campbell all year, so I'm probably just going to go with maybe a schedule. <laughs> we need to play some games. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget That's our a good one, boy, uh, Joseph good. Wall. He's definitely the 1C there, so yep. the backup of the backup, I'll take him over Hutch any day now. Yep, Absolutely. Um, and I'm taking up the last one here after everybody gets everything. Um, I, if anything, they're missing. I would say, uh, kind of half into what Steph said, just more consistency. But I think letting everybody, uh, I think like solidifying the bottom six and the top six, and like who is going to be on the first line and who's going to be on the second line and on the wings there. Uh, same with at the bottom there, like finding out what we're going to do with some of these extra people and getting a nice stretch of games where we don't have COVID and injuries to, you know, hamper mm -hmm. this and see what this lineup in full, I know playoffs, you're never going to have no injuries, but just to see what this actual team that they have put together in its current state looks like when everybody's having a good night. Like, I think we, we just need to see that. Like when Kosh is back, power plays working, you know, Marner is not on a cold streak. Matthews isn't on a cold streak. You know, yeah. we just see a solid, game from the top to bottom because uh like steph said it's been i mean it's been 85 90 95 there every night and that's you know more than most people can ask for i don't want <laughs> grasping at straws now but that's it at the beginning of the season you kind of saw that when everyone was in the lineup and things were really clicking they had like that 20 game streak where they won what was it like 17 18 in a row you kind of saw like every line had a definitive role and they were clicking game to game mm -hmm. so if we can start seeing that again yeah, especially with Mikheyev back. And, yeah, and it's just like uh, interesting to awesome. note, too, because I was going through our old episode, you know, finding our takes uh, for our review, and we bashed the Leafs in the first couple weeks so hard because those top six forwards were not clicking whatsoever and the power play wasn't working at all to start the season. And then finally, at the end of October, that's when things started to change. So the Leafs have only been 
upward so far and i'm here for it and my original take in the beginning of the season you know how the leafs uh they start so strong and then they die off around january february and i I was kind of wishing to you know start weak and then just go strong from there and work on what you need to and i think that's finally working out knock on wood i don't know (laughs) yeah i think historically you want a little bit of a a stretch of adversity as well, but you don't want it too soon in the season. Like you listen to former players talk and they'll be like, Oh, well this, you know, on this year that our team, we ran into this problem mm-hmm. in November and then we came back strong and we fizzled out yeah. for playoffs. No, you're absolutely right. You want to time that out kind of just right in the season. Yeah. Okay. So next question here. Um, Leafs just beat Hyman. Uh, I mean, Barry wasn't there, but a team that's Hyman, CC and Barry, uh, a lot of this is like facing the past and the old team that the Leafs used to be. I mean, it's those guys around two superstar scorers that are basically expected to carry the whole team and uh, uncertain goaltending, which was kind of before the Leafs settled in with Jack. That's the last couple of years. We're looking in the rearview mirror, basically, at these Oilers. So um, how much do we feel like the Leafs have grown or built a better team since then like because it's like seeing these guys is kind of a reminder of the last five years so i guess the question is uh how much have the leafs grown i think immensely especially to start this season and i know that we had growing pains especially with losing hymen to begin with and we lost some key players back in the day like cadre for example but honestly i think these were right moves to get where we are right now and to fit in people in our cap space situation and now we have the likes of michael bunting cam kashe and these guys that we talk about all the time so you know what seeing hymen cc not very tonight but I'm I'm happy. I'm I'm not sad about it. I'm liking this the way the team is going and I think it's for the best, honestly. Hyman's getting paid. He has a long contract out west, so let him chase the money. Yeah, I agree with Steph. I think like the parallels of where the Leafs used to be and where the Oilers are right now are pretty stark. Like you said, they're so front loaded and if those guys aren't producing then that's a real big problem, especially with their back end where it's not really locked up that well. Like Smith and Koskinen, it's not very good. It's kind of reminiscent of what the Leafs used to be. So that leads me to think, like, the Leafs are in a really good spot right now. If you look at their fourth line, like Spezza, Simmons, Oilers don't have that type of reliability back there. And especially, like, with the depth on the blue line now with Sandine coming up and Dermot's playing all right. Like you mentioned tonight, uh, Muzzin and Hall are pretty good. And Riley, obviously a star. I think they're in a much better position than the Oilers are right now. De- definitely. Um, like you were saying, Johnny, it, it's it's kind of like seeing an ex, right? When you're out, out and about in public. <laughs> you, you remember the good times and then you realize that they're no good for you anymore, right? Your ex from Alberta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you, yeah. I, I, I think it spoke it just it was a huge move i think by dubas doubling down and showing his guys that he had faith in them like to i i don't recall seeing a team in the past 10 years that seemed as tight knit as mm-hmm. this group is he pretty much banked his job on this season like he doubled down he said i'm either in or out and i'm going to go with the 
you know, the horses that brought me here and he stayed with them and for better or worse. Yeah, uh, ab- absolutely. They're definitely in a better place. <laughs> All or nothing, baby. <laughs> the yep. Shanna plan. The Shanna plan. Uh, no, I mean, I kind of started this, so I'll just bookend it with kind of the same point. Um, it's really interesting to see just to look back at the defensive core and the different forward groups that they had the last couple seasons around Marner and Matthews as they came up, you know, when they first brought JT in and, and with Willie. So it's, you know, it's kind of weird looking back and seeing like, we thought these were the teams that were going to win the cup, but like looking back on them, they weren't. And then you look at this team and you're like, I feel a lot better about this group than I did any of the groups of the last Mm -hmm. five, six years. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you hear trust the process and we we were doing that and it's been an extremely long one, but it seems like it's actually like the fruit are bearing right now. It looks like it's what they actually plan on doing, right? Yeah, I can't watch Tampa win <laughs> the cup again. So. <laughs> okay, so next one. Um Dave Tippett and uh Ken Holland. What do we think about who's who's gone first, whose job's on the line? I mean, what's What's going on with the organization here in Edmonton? What do we think the next month looks like for Edmonton yeah. Oilers news? So uh, just for context here, they, uh, they've they won uh, only two of their last 13 games, and those two games were with Dave mm-hmm. Tippett in COVID protocol. I remember uh, one episode, or maybe so. about five episodes ago, we were, we were talking about uh, DJ Smith and Dave Tippett, and... I actually said, I bet you that Dave Tippett will be fired over DJ Smith any day because even though the Suns have a horrible record and the Oilers started off strong, right? Like they have, they still have the best power play in the league. They're eighth on the dot, they're ninth goals for, but goaltending, like Hoskinen is doing what he can, but I don't know, huge, huge bad sign on Tippett recently with the whole Koskinen situation and calling him out straight to the media saying that he's just a bad Mm. goaltender and I'm kind of glad that he clapped back saying it's not nice being thrown under the bus I have to be better but at the same time we've scored seven goals in the last six losses I do not score goals so I'm glad that he said that yeah I can't score sorry yeah. Hey, Hextall did. Yeah. Uh, to carry on what Steph just said, like I think Tippett is more in trouble than Holland for sure because um, they're so locked in on these players, right? This team is locked in. So if they're going to make a change, it's probably not going to be on the ice other than what Steph mentioned too is goaltender. But at this point, who are you really going to get? So you're only changed probably a coach. It's not going to be your GM, not in the middle of the season especially. Yeah, they just brought in Holland. You know, he's a Hall of Fame GM. Yeah. He he built helped build the Red Wings to that what was it, 25, 26 year straight playoff run. Um they're going to give him time. Yeah. I I don't even like the thought of getting rid, rid of Tippett either. Look at all the coaches. If I remember correctly, I think it's seven coaches mm-hmm. McDavid has had since mm-hmm. he's been yeah. on the Oilers. McDavid like, and Eichel in a race for most <laughs> coaches in their right? it, entire it's, career. It's ridiculous. They've put themselves in a cap strain. They don't really have the money to do much. Like maybe they try to pry Mark Andre Fleury out of Chicago, but do you think he's really going to want to go? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's like, like Hail Mary yeah. too, right? Like the guy's on his last legs of his career. That's a desperation trade. Yeah. Who did Holland bring in as coach in uh, Detroit, by the way? Someone who's currently coaching in Saskatchewan. Oh. <laughs> Those I was going to get to that. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll pick it up there. So Let's do it. Uh, if Tippett is gone in the next couple of weeks or days or whatever it is, hours, which I think we all kind of suspect is coming. Last time the Leafs played them, there was a jersey on the ice, and usually this year jersey on the ice has been uh, foreboding the sign. of a coach <laughs> being fired. So, the uh, yeah, it's an, it's an omen for those that watch uh, The Great. That's, that's been the... the thing of the season is omens um so mike babcock the babs babster is the one that uh bean was alluding to here that ken holland brought in with uh detroit oh my lord so i heard i think it was on might have been on stp and they were joking about this but it's like Okay, so Vancouver brought in Bruce Boudreaux, who's a fun-loving coach and happy-go-lucky guy. Let's do the same thing. Let's bring in Mike Babcock. Wait, that's yeah. not the same thing at all. But if you look so, at it for, for a team like that, they're invested. They've got the stars. They can't keep wasting the prime years. For a team that's desperate to win, he's like the perfect candidate to come in. Yeah, but as I tweeted He's earlier, I can't wait to see him have to explain why Leon Dreisaitl is mm-hmm. on the second line and killing penalties and playing 15 minutes a night. No, no, no. Hyman's there. Dreisaitl and McDavid will play 10 <laughs> minutes a night, and Hyman will play a half hour on a, on one oh knee. God, I can see like Holland wanting to do it, obviously, because they got that type of relationship with Babcock. But don't you think like McDavid and Dreisaitl are saying, like, fuck this. There's no way I want this guy coming in and yeah. coaching me at this 100%. point in my career here. 100% they don't want to play for him. So and either so it's, it's, and Barry it's so bad that they're going to like ignore McDavid and Dreisaitl or... Yeah. I mean, we're talking I about this like it's happening. going to happen, but I mean, for the sake of everybody's talking about it. Yeah, I don't see it we'll, happening. We'll humor it. And honestly... I, I also don't see you it. You can talk Ken Holland all like as much as you want, and I know he has a long, very successful resume, but honestly, he could have done better in the offseason. I mean... Signing Hyman was a plus, but then some argue that he was a little bit overpaid. But then you pick up guys like Keith, who's on the last couple years of a 13-year contract, and he's getting paid over 5.5 mil a year. You re-sign Barry for another three years at 4.5. Then you have Random Ryan at 1.25 for a two-year contract. I mean, Perlini was great because it's league minimum. And Mike Smith signed to 40. That's the big Two one. Year he really didn't address the goaltender. To be fair, 39. he's 39, isn't he? Yeah, but he's play- they have him signed. He's an old 39, next- though. Yeah. He's signed through the end of next yeah. year, though. So he's... 2.2 mil year. That's the problem That's the with thing. the superstars, like- right? And the high contracts and no room in the salary cap because you have to scrape the barrel. But honestly, Holland did not scrape the good, good gems at the bottom of the barrel. And obviously, he put all his trust in... Barry, who's having a horrible season this year. I mean, last year he did have 48 points in 56 games, but damn, like the rest of the signings, they, they don't make sense. They don't fill the holes. So, no. Oh, I was and just going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if the Oilers don't make the first round of the playoffs or expect, you know, Holland will go too, but we'll see. I don't know. Go ahead. 
Holland doesn't know how to manage with a salary cap. Like, you look at what he did yeah. with the Red Wings. As soon as the salary cap came in, he started signing all his stars to these massive contracts and just destroyed them. You had DeKaiser, Cronwall, um, Applicator. There was, who was the other one? There was a really yeah. bad contract that he signed there. Um, drawing a blank here. But he, he doesn't mm-hmm. know how to, how to manage it, right? Like the Leafs have the same, almost the same issue. You have Tavares, Matthews, Marner, all making over $10 million. But Dubas, That's just, sorry, um, Dubas and, and Brandon Pridham, they know how mm-hmm. to build around that. You get guys like Spezza, guys like Simmons. You pull guys like Mikheyev yes. over yeah. from the K, right? You, if, if you, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like Dubas knows how to build around these players, right? He knows how to get the most out of your league minimum. Your and long term, one point two million dollar players. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Holland is not doing that. What's exactly? Yeah. Yeah, because there's two ways to run your team in the cap era. It's the way that the Leafs with Dubas are doing it, where you overpay a couple, not overpay, but you you top load your your top salary heavy. cap, and then you fill in with uh, you know creative picks around the sides. Or you do like Tampa and Boston are able to do and convince your whole team to play for $6 million and uh, that's it. So well, Tampa's the income tax, yeah. but exactly when you live in a, a tax free state, it kind of helps. But... Exactly. Okay. So this blunt has gone out. Let's go to the next question. Um, <laughs> light another one up here. On the topic of contracts, is uh, William Nylander on the best one in the NHL? You know, second. Back. Yes. Second next to McKinnon. Mc- McKinnon has to be McKinnon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one's but people say though. now yeah. it was the best contract. It's the best contract in the NHL or for the Leafs. But back then, when he signed, it made sense because he was not the same player that he is today. I mean, this year he put his big man pants on and like mm-hmm. decided to actually be a leader, a leader on the ice and play his game and use his strengths to the best he can and finally that showing and that's why i said to you Southey, that it works out long term because back then paying nylander nine mil would not make sense whatsoever but now it's showing and now the leafs are so grateful for him but to answer your your question johnny people forget about mr ryan hartman who's being paid 1.7 million for the next three years he's 28th in our fantasy league he has 15 goals 13 assists plus 24 three power play points 106 shots centering the first line in the minnesota wild and on the power play one for less than two million dollars so there's the argument there that that is the best contract in the league besides jason spezza of course Yeah, but I think for all the shit that Dubas took for signing that contract and the holdout and everything, all the drama that was behind it, it is such a good contract right now. This year and last year, the guy's been on fire. In playoffs, he's maybe the best Leaf producer that have, like they have right now. And yeah, every night, mm-hmm. he's kind of just bringing it, leaving the team in points right now for what was it, 7.5? 6.9, guys. That's what I wanted to say is he's on a $6.9 yeah. million dollar contract until the end of 2020. Yep, that's the cap. Yeah, that's that's a great deal. That's the type of like win now deal that you have because after this window closes, he is making eight eight point five. Oh, maybe nine, and the the cap will be up by then too. They'll have paid back the escrow by the end. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. if this year doesn't impact it too much more. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, 
I think Bean, did you want to cover like did you want to touch on McKinnon's? Because I mean that's a a pretty team friendly contract. Yeah, different era, right? Um, so much hype on him when he came out um, of junior, and then he kind of didn't really take off right away. Um, by the time his entry level contract was up, you know there was rumblings, you know, is he going to be a bust? How's this going to work out? Mm -hmm. Clearly he wasn't going to be, but you know, his first three years, he had 24 goals, 14 goals and 21 goals. Mm. Right. Get off of that. I I think he's even came out and said too, like he had a first bad couple of years and like, he was wondering if he's going to be a bust and stuff like that. And change his whole routine off season. And yeah, he, he, the the, the stuff, (laughs) the stuff that he, he does like he has his own trainer, his own chef, everyone that he hires that comes into his house. He pays yeah. out of his pocket for. Oh yeah, so he invested in himself. Hundred you know, percent. He learned a lot, like off Crosby too, like being a Nova Scotian guy with him. He spent a ton of off season mm-hmm. with him, and he picked up so many good habits from him. And, and his all those, career turned yeah. around after that. And all those Tim's commercials. Together. What is his contract? <laughs> See, so he he chose. Um, I'm sorry, I was just uh, pulling that up here now. He chose security over potential yeah. like over over monetary earnings right um sorry i'm just pulling it up yeah, here. i didn't think i, I was gonna be talking about i think it's like six it's, something. Uh, it's 6.3 for the next two years <laughs> yeah yes he's got still got two years left on it yeah for the next three years two so this year Ooh, next year incoming 11 million dollar yeah. contract oh, soon or what <laughs> oh yeah right Ugh. yeah but can colorado afford it is the question because they've been throwing money around that uh byram mm-hmm. and um Macar. but this contract just reminds me of yeah. that era too of david pasternak right his he's at a 6.6 million dollar contract i mean the guy is uh yeah. <laughs> leading Bergeron too. a couple years ago leading the league in goals and always like a top uh first round fantasy pick i mean wow so you know we were talking about defenders getting paid this summer the next couple of years, we're going to see some bank happening. Yeah. Yeah, because all the contracts from like 2015, 16 are running out, all those those big ones. And uh, ooh, wow. it's the start of the next era that Matthews and McDavid started where they get into the double digits. How about so, contract year Nazem Kadri? No kidding. Man, this, is the, this next era of contracts is going to make Dubas look way smarter than everybody's been making him out to be for signing these bigger deals that he has because everything is going to be much higher than he's paying people. The next era of contracts is going to be so messed up too, because of all this COVID stuff is happening and like, they're not generating the revenue that they really expected to. And the cap is not going to rise as everyone expected, mm-hmm. but they're going to want to get paid as if it was, uh, it's going to be, a it's messy. Wild. I hope it's not a lockout. Okay. We got to keep going here. I'm going to light another one up. Um, so there was a lot of talk about Marner not scoring on the power play uh, since before even last season, we're at 99 games now. Um, does he need to score no, on the power play? He does not. Honestly, he's not known no. for his shot. He's not known to be a goal scorer. He's supposed to be the wizard of a uh, hockey IQ. And if that means being a ping pong of other, other, other players and setting up the play, then so be it. It's just, his name is in these talks because of the contract, unfortunately. And we see those big numbers and you think he has to do it all. So I, you know, of course he has to score a couple. It's not like he can never score a power play goal again. And 
just a quick wrist shot and get rid of the hesitation, man. It drives me nuts. I mean, he could score five goals in that same period yeah. of time that he waits and waits and waits, but you know, it's not as expected from him in my personal view. Yeah. The fact that he hasn't in that many games is absolutely like wild, just even a tip or anything like that. But uh, to answer your question, he doesn't need to be that type of player on the power play. He's not a defenseman, but he's still your quarterback, whether it's at the half wing or if he rotates onto the D. But if he can start scoring the odd goal too, that helps everybody else free up a bit more space. They respect uh, Matthews a little bit more, and it opens up, like I said, just a ton of space. Yeah, I... I... As you guys said, the fact that it's been this many games is kind of baffling, but he, yeah. he doesn't really need to. Like back in the day, St. Louis didn't need Adam Oates to score because they had him passing to Brett Hall, right? Like if, yeah. if you have someone like Matthews out there, not to mention all the other guys. Nylander, mm-hmm. JT, exactly. Riley. You don't, you don't need him to score. Yes, he can. Yes, he will again. He won't go forever without scoring another power play goal. Just w- could you his, imagine his- Mitch Marner retires, never having having not scored a power play goal since 2020. <laughs> Name a trophy after replaced his veneers yeah. about yeah. 16 times. Yeah, it, it. Yeah, he he just he he doesn't need to with, with all the other weapons. No, that, yeah, that's not his role out there. He's not a guy who's put out on the ice to expect goals from he's the guy who's going to quarterback everything and get the goals for the other guys. Yeah. I have to agree. Um, I guess mostly with Sadi. I think if he can um, get more, I mean, obviously like we've all said 99 games without one is absolutely just bafflingly unlucky. Like, especially for the amount of time he's out there, they said it was like almost 400 minutes of power play time. Um, yeah. It's just insane. But if he can start to put a couple in and people start expecting it and, you know, not knowing who to watch more between him and Matthews and, and Willie and JT, like on that power play one, it just it makes it that much more unpredictable where the goal is going to come from. So just to be kind of different from everybody else, I'm going to say like he doesn't need to, but it would be very helpful if there was that um, mm-hmm. element of danger when they're on the power play. It doesn't need to come like you were saying about Oates with Hall. It doesn't need to come. When on the five yeah. on five, I mean, he can be the setup wizard, but just to be another weapon on the power play that uh, it can come from either either wing, I think would be really helpful. Um, but you know, I'm just trying to give a different answer. Like you said, if you can even like get a few and people respect him on it, and it opens up another one or two feet for Matthews and Elider, then that yeah. even makes a huge difference. Exactly that too. At the same point, okay. they're running at a thirty percent clip, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We, we can't we can't get too greedy okay so um last one here is michael bunting a legit first line winger for matthews and martyr yes i say yes because in the beginning of the season two um that was the trial run right and he got demoted to the fourth line for what two games and hopped right back up on the first line uh i think willie and jt are clicking with Kerfoot perfectly on the second line and they're definitely dangerous, but Bunting is a great Hyman replacement who isn't afraid to get in front of the net either and fight for the puck. And he's speedy. He can score goals. He can do everything plus more like we said earlier. So I think, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm gonna kind of disagree and say no, he's not. He's he's doing well in that role because he's playing with Matthews and Marner, maybe two of the top ten players in the league. But he is not any other team. Maybe he's not a bona fide number one. When he's going in the corners, he's not always winning those battles. There's some games where you see you don't really actually see him in the game at all. Kind of like tonight, did you notice him at all? Mm-hmm. And crashing that out a little he bit. does have like spurts like that i find you right he is not that noticeable up there where he could be doing more but like given the Leafs roster and their cap management right mm-hmm. now he is an ideal with marner line. back you sorry i gotta... cut you off bean oh, i just want to say quickly uh with marner back i know it's going to take a little bit wa- a little while especially since he was out since the beginning of december and they need to find that clickiness again but you're right. Uh, he's not the amazing overall number one, but at the same time, he's doing his job at a perfect yeah. price, and I'm happy with it. I think you kind of just nailed it right there, too. With Marner in the lineup, he's great on that line, but without him there, he's not really great enough to carry the slack that Marner mm-hmm. like loses when he's out of the lineup. I'm going to agree with Steph and go against you there, Sully. Woo! <laughs> uh, he, he, he's played 58 NHL Facts. games. He's still a rookie. Like That's true. The, he, Huge yeah, point. He, he plays with an edge. You you can't always have... Yes, okay, it'd be great to have Landis Gog, McKinnon, Ranton, and right? Three massive stars on one line. But at the same time, look at how many years did Crosby play with someone like Kunitz or someone like Pascal Dupuis. Like, it, it, you need yeah. you need that difference. Like, Hyman was so well with mm-hmm. Marner and Matthews, right? You, you need that different style. You can't all be playing the same thing. I think, for especially for that line, he's perfect. Yeah. And he entered with an insanely high shooting percentage to start the season, too. And he's maintained that. Yep. Um, well, not as high, but, man, like... He came in at a 26%. Uh, right now, he's at 11. That's not too shabby for a guy with uh, 19 points on the season and only seven goals. No, Bean kind of really hit it on the head there, too. Like, working with that line, he fits perfectly mm-hmm. in there, right? He is the ideal first-line winger for this team. And, yeah, <laughs> you got me to change my mind Sorry. right there, actually. I was thinking lead wide. Like, maybe mm-hmm. he's not. But with this team, he is ideal. Yeah, okay. I'm going to have to agree with Andrew on that because I think given the, the cap situation there's not much else they could do it's not like I mean the only one I think that's maybe giving him a run for it would be Kasha mm-hmm. I think that's somebody who they could try out in that role if um, especially like if Bunting goes down I think that's your first replacement for him um, especially with him coming back and Mikheyev back I think it's going to be hard to kind of work out yeah. these wingers I think uh, Engvall or Richard mm-hmm. on the shopping block but we'll see um, but as for Bunting, I think he brings a lot of the play that Hyman did, the crashing the net, the the going to the corners and finding the pucks for the guys. I think he still has a lot of growth to do to uh, maybe hopefully before we get to the playoffs, like just coming into that role and, and getting used to playing with those guys more and, and knowing their tendencies. But I, like you guys said, he's played 58 games in the NHL. I think yeah. he has and, a pretty high yeah, ceiling. Yeah, that's the big thing. Um, I, and I think playing with those guys, you're only going to get better, right? So the more time he spends with the two of them, like, I mean, Zach Hyman wasn't the Zach Hyman that we sent to Edmonton when mm-hmm. they brought him up, right? Like He doesn't look like a guy who's only played 58 games. Yeah. Now, right? Right. Exactly. His, his final year in the O, he had 74 points. His last two or his last three seasons down in the AHL, he had well over 40 points. 
So he, he, he knows how to like, he's, he's never going to yeah. lead the team in goals, but he, he no, but he doesn't have yeah, to, right? He, he knows his role yeah. and he plays and it well. You know that he wants to stay in the <laughs> NHL. I mean, the guy yeah. is uh 26 years old. It's not like he's an 18 year old rookie, just dipping his toes on the ice for the first time at a, at this level, right? He wants to do everything he can. And this is a guy who mm-hmm. shows that he wants to stay on the team. Unlike, Others who've had trials on the first line, like to start the season, it was Richie. And then we've seen the likes of Cache at one point, Spezza, Simmons, who else? Honestly, like we've seen so many people have that spot. And so far, Bunting has won it. Hands down too. Okay, so to finish us off here, because we are going a little over. uh, Question from Twitter, Mike at MTC. AT. Uh, will Leon ever recover? <laughs> because, man, this guy has had some rough... I mean, he scored tonight, but he's had some rough games this year against the Leafs. That wide open net he missed, and now uh, now this one, so... What do we think? Is he ever going to recover? Do you think it's going to be... This is the start of his forever cold streak in Toronto? Yeah. Like, I think he'll be alright. The guy plays out in the West, he has... Never really has to fuck with the Leafs. You'll be fine. See, my take on it is like, remember that game last year where the Leafs um, had that three game series against the Oilers where they held Leon and, and Connor completely off the score sheet for those three games? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And now this year, Leon missed a wide open net. And now this, I think <laughs> they're going to be cursed in Toronto. I think this is getting into their heads. Yeah. I think it's going to be a recurring thing. It's We've about already done damn it two yeah. times against them. It's this about year. time, honestly. <laughs> He like did. for someone he, he else, did pot one tonight though. Like, Toronto, yeah, for yeah, for someone other than three. the Leafs, for someone other than the Leafs to have a, a, a certain team or <laughs> arena curse. that they can't mm-hmm. do well in, right? There's always yeah. been like I, I guess I'm going back to the dark days of the early of the you know early 2010s since the lockout, but it it there's always either some Toronto kid coming home and just destroying the Leafs or every time, right? It happened Zamb- this year. Whether it's a Zamboni driver or they're originally <laughs> from Toronto, or it's somebody that we drafted and sent away, or it's JVR, or it's Kadri, or yep. it's mm-hmm. or Raycroft. Or Raycroft or yeah. oh, I think Dry will be fine. Oh. Hey, don't get Evan me Rodriguez. <laughs> Justin Do you know the Leafs had Evan Rodriguez yes, and gave and he's him up to off Pittsburgh? right now, just in time for my fantasy team, but so, oh, and like all those times when Ottawa was in last place and yeah. the Leafs would always lose to them and mm-hmm. somehow blow yeah. 5 nothing leads. Yeah. yeah, to Bean's point, it is For very one. nice to yeah. be on the other end of it. Yeah, sorry, it's easy to get lost in all the annoying yeah. Leaf tendencies. Yeah, and you know this guy has success. I mean, he's I... second overall in the league and his points and stats show that. So that's why I have no sympathy right now because he is one of the best players in the entire world and he will <laughs> yeah. get his successes all of the time. And Top unfortunately three. against the Leafs, you know what? Good. Don't score against my team. I know he scored tonight, but like miss those open nets and I'll be happy about it because you know the next game he might come back and score a hat trick so i don't feel bad exactly. yeah, 30 other barns see and i mean we say oh he still scored tonight but if you look at most nights him and connor have like four points each mm-hmm. so it's you know exactly this is saying something keeping him down to one um it's just another another quick point it's unfortunate that the uh, the islanders uh, barn that they can't win in yeah. is unfortunately their own <laughs> 
Boom. Boom. Shots fired. That's sorry, fans. I know you guys have started winning, but that's a go on the hot seat. Old school is out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially with Lou up watching those games. Yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of, did you guys see um, um, what's his name? Oh my god, we were just talking about them. Not Tippett, but uh, oh, Ken Holland, GM. Ken Holland, Edmonton's G- Ed- Ken Holland. Did you see him on his phone at the oh, end there, like yeah. the last minute and a half? He was just down, like looking at his phone, like he was updating his resume. The... Yeah, and no, I was saying he was. An- I was going to say he's answering all the resume emails, looking on the waiver wire <laughs> on Yahoo Fantasy. Like, who- who's actually good? I should probably just look at this app. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so a um, couple little just housekeeping things before we sign off here. Um, we'll, we got to figure out what we're I doing know. with this Matthews jersey stuff. <laughs> Apologies, everybody. Uh, like we said, back to work and everything has been uh, kind of snuck up on us. So we will figure out how we're giving that away. Um, and good. get back to you. How about that? <laughs> Very soon. Soon. We, we have it to give away. Sitting we're not hoarding plastic, it. We're not keep ready it to go. <laughs> Wearing it right now. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably. Oh, we're all wearing Matthews. Except Johnny. I have a coach's jersey on because look at that. You are all my star forwards and I'm your (laughs) You're a coach here, Johnny. You're the player coach, Reggie Dunlop. (laughs) (laughs) I just noticed there isn't a stripe on the other side. Um you're right. Yeah, you're right. Is there always not a stripe on that side? Yeah, it's all it's only one side. Interesting. Um, so <clears throat> that being said, we didn't get to our uh, revisiting of takes and making predictions and all that for the rest of the year. So there was supposed to be a game tomorrow. So we might do one tomorrow. I'll tomorrow or Friday. We'll do an episode because there's a game Saturday. So it's either tomorrow or yeah then saturday because we got to do one in between as a bonus to get all these things out of the way uh so maybe we'll yeah. we'll let you know on twitter i just want to say a quick shout out to one of my buddies jason he wanted us to throw another kudos out for uh christians rubens he was nice. him and his co-workers were, nice. were loving rubens when he was playing nice. for us so jason out in saskatchewan oh shout out love it uh so as usual, go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and give us a five stars and leave us a review. Uh, I'm going to put this one up on YouTube. You can check out Aww. our last episode on YouTube. That was Steph and I. We had a nice little chat. Aww. And there's a nice little cat. I feel pumpkin. bad you don't have Bill's pumpkin. Pumpkin. Aww. Well, I've got uh, Austin and Mitch, my <laughs> guinea pigs, but they're a little <laughs> hard to pick up. <laughs> It's fun. I I did name them like I did specifically name them. Uh, Austin is is um, quite confident and will come up to me and he's quite friendly. But Mitch is a little like he always has to check with with Austin to make sure that it's okay to come out. He's like, yo, like, is he gonna hurt us or is he is feeding he us? He's like, no, it's food. Okay, Sounds cool. Right. He comes out. <laughs> so he always follows suit. So I was like, okay, you're, you're gonna be Mitch. The other one's Austin. No, <laughs> well, that's pretty cute. Yeah. So uh, that'll close us off for the night. We're just, we just get lost. There's four of us. We're just <laughs> chatting at this point, you know, so 
We uh, haven't had a game in a long time. I know. It's been forever. Two and 22 days. A lot to let out. Yeah. So uh, check back. We'll be back. Love y'all. Keep sending in your questions. Keep listening. And uh, all those good things. Yes. I love you. <laughs> Signing off. If the, Signing off. Um, let's all just imagine that the outro is playing right now. Oh. It's not <laughs> so uh, it'll Easy be added. Press play. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leaps Late Night. Your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, yep. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. 